Well, last time I talked to the people from downtown. What was the last movie you went to? Miguel, what's new? Miguel, what's new in the community? Have you gotten any feedback about the Twitter feed? First of all, for the people who contact us on Twitter. About a certain research. Can you tell me more? Well, depends who you talk, if you talk to the people from the board. Why did the yogurt go to the art museum? Welcome to another episode of the Community Board Podcast with your host, Miguel Valdez. And today I'm here with Minerva Orellana. Minerva, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. How's the fall treating you? How do you like this weather? It's crazy. So, like, on Monday it was 80 degrees, and now it's, like, 50. It's something I have not experienced before. Yeah. Minerva, share with the friends who are listening. Uh, where, where are you from, and why this weather change so drastically is kind of eye-opening for you? Yeah. So, I'm originally from San Francisco, California. I've lived there for like 20 something years and finally for the first once I started my PhD program here at Mayo Clinic um, it's the first time I moved to the Midwest and so in San Francisco it's like 60s all year round you know there's no seasons or anything so coming here when it was hot when it was supposed to be hot and that's getting cold when it's cold it's such a big difference yeah and and especially this past week like you said it was really got really warm mosquitoes came back yeah it was humid yeah and then apparently this week it's going to be like 30 degrees. It's going to get chilly. Yeah. yeah. So, but you know what? This is, uh, soup stays better. Yeah, it does. Sounds good. <laughs> do you cook? I do. I do cook. Um, it's one of the things I actually like to do in my spare time. Okay. Um, once I moved here, I tried to do stuff like, you know, stuff my mom taught me, my grandma taught me. So that's what I was doing this weekend. I was- if you would um, brag about one dish that you do, what would that be? Mis pupusas. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Pupusas. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're from background from uh, El Salvador? Yeah, my parents are from El Salvador and I was born here. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I love pupusas. So you know how to make, uh, how you call it, curado? Or no? Curtido. Curtido. Yeah, curtido. And then this weekend I do made... Do you make it spicy or not? I do. I need like some special chilies though. I don't think I have them. I left them back home. Okay. But you just put the specific chili, like the little tiny red ones. Mm-hmm. And with the vinegar, yeah. Oh, my God. This weekend, I made some pasteles, which are like Mexican empanadas. Okay. So, I made that this weekend. Nice. What was the feeling? It was good. Um, it was funny because I was um, on FaceTime with my mom the entire time. So, we were talking while I was cooking, which was really nice. And, but what was the feeling? Oh, the, the filling? Uh, <laughs> 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 the filling. So, what you do is like ground meat. So, you could do turkey, chicken, or beef. Uh-huh. And then some vegetables and potatoes. And then kind of like a tortilla. And you just close it and mm-hmm. seal it. And then you fry it. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> now you're hungry. Now I'm getting <laughs> hungry. So I saw the reason I reached out to you is because I saw on Twitter that you were kind of a highlight in, in uh, professor's tweet mm-hmm. uh, on your presentation on a project that you were working on. Will you be willing to share with us what was a project about? So this is a project that I did in my first presentation with Dr. Balsbury. Um, it's working with a nonprofit organization in the Twin Cities called um, Youth and Family Determined to Succeed, otherwise known as YFDS. Um, so what they were doing, so they've been here for 20 years, and we held community engagement studios. So it was where we built bring in participants or staff members or community members and ask them questions about the program themselves. And we basically are hearing the information about these people and writing them down. So we're not 
giving the information for them, they're giving us the information. So they're involved in the entire process. And then we would take notes on that, and then we would see if there was common themes throughout the entire project of maybe things that have been working in the past 20 years, maybe things that they could improve in, and what they could possibly do later And can on. you share with us where are those projects from YDS? Where do you remember? So... YFDS, so if I talk about it, they have like about four different programs that are really involved. Um, the most influential is actually the Track Minnesota Elite, and it's actually one of their best programs. So participants are in the track team, and this, like, they on the track team, they go competitions and that. And what this does is they actually allow them to gain scholarships and start going to college. So, so they help them kind of work on their times and mm -hmm. all that. And they participate to in Uh, scholarships. Yeah, so they're participating in competitions, and because of that, they have better, op um, I guess, openings when they apply to universities, and they get scholarships, so it gives them the opportunity to go to college and continue pursuing the track team. And this is, like, an amazing thing that's been done, so it, like, starts... Then one of the things that people kept talking in, that's how most of the people got involved because of this track team and with IFDS. So people were saying, like, yeah, it gives them something that they probably didn't have before. And also, the other programs they have is they focus on their family and wellness, so they also focus on health a lot. So how it's, like, the involved community members. Integrating the family. Yeah. So they initially started with the children, so they used to have, like, I think kids for health programs, but now they're changing their families for health because they realize they have to focus for the family as a whole for their health. And that's one of the things they actually mentioned. So when we were analyzing the notes, so we had about three of these studios with about 16 participants. And it ranged from, like, staff members. And members all. and family. Yeah. And, and if okay. they were, like, in and the staff. program. Um, or there was a different group. Uh, it was, like, a mixed group of all of them. Okay. So whoever showed up, it was, like, either one of those. Um, so one of the things they talked about was, like, in family health. So YFDS does focus a lot on the physical health, you know, better eating, you know, running with track, exercise. But one of the things that did came out, and I agree with, is that um, they have to start thinking about the health as a whole. So one of the recommendations, they said maybe provide mental health services, especially since most of them are teenagers, mm -hmm. being able to do that and how to also promote life skills. So like one of the quotes it says, it's like rooted in physical health, but you have to, got, you have to think about it as a whole. So that's one of the things that they've recommended or we heard from the participants because we wrote down a lot of quotes that they said too. Mm -hmm. During these studios, yeah, I, I was fortunate to visit YDS mm -hmm. facilities, and and Melvin, uh, one of the founders, mm -hmm. um, shared with us the sometimes the kids that they work with, mm -hmm. um, they want to try to get a scholarship yeah. through football, yeah, and he encouraged them, yeah, to do something like track where they can be uh, the ones who can push themselves mm -hmm. and they are the ones who own that time mm -hmm. and they are the ones who can improve that yeah. time versus when you're in a team yeah yes it's a team sport and mm -hmm. everybody have to you know work for the same goal but it's, it's harder mm -hmm. and it's becoming no, even yeah. harder to get those scholarships no, yeah definitely versus uh in the um individual sport where you're yeah. the one who can keep pushing yourself and get yeah. those get access and also he talked a lot about uh the injury prevention too mm, yeah because I mean yeah. yeah the time that they get a scholarship they're already yeah they're being <laughs> exposed to a lot of uh, impact and no yeah it's, it's a great program I think I can't remember what number he told me when the last meeting he told me they put so this upcoming this fall they put about I think 14 or 19 freshmen now that they put out in colleges from this program 
Mm-hmm. So it's like fresh new students pursuing college. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And so tell me a little bit how. So were you part of the studios too? Yeah, I was. Um, I, we drove up from Rochester to Minneapolis, uh-huh. and we would be there early. We would set up and we would introduce ourselves, um, do a little slideshow presentation on what the YFDS itself is, what we're planning to do. And then we have, like, a script that we would ask them questions from, and we would um, facilitate that discussion. And there was a few of us writing notes in the front and then writing notes in the back. And then the founders, Melvin and Norman, were also a participant, but they weren't allowed to say anything because they were there for listening. Okay. Yeah. And what were some of those themes that you guys hear the most from participants? Um, we did see a lot about how they have to expand their outreach. Okay. So basically get those. So they have a lot of people, but to obviously expand the goodness that they're doing, get more on social media, go on local radio, do some billboards, you know, reach out more to the people Exposure. to make them aware. Okay. Yeah. Especially now since they have like a, a new facility now. So make mm. people so now they could come to the facility, find the facility, you know, and it's always there. So people know. Um, another thing was that. Maybe expand like collaborations with like health professionals, continuing this collaboration with Mayo Clinic, working with schools to refer them to this program or social workers or colleges. So expanding like a networking thing for YFDS itself. Um, another thing that we talked about was doing um, evaluations. So with the chat team, you know, they, they evaluate you on your time and improvement, how you do. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the things that were coming up is that this program itself actually increased the confidence in a lot of these students. And so they were wondering that the participants, when we were asking them questions, if there's a way to be able to measure that. And there is. There's a lot of qualitative surveys that we could ask them before and after they start the program, um, some on emotional wellness, you know, just to see how, like, if the progression of the change within they started from the program to the end of the program. And along with um, more health surveys, like possibly BMI, heart rates, you know, to see that improvement in their health. Um, And... One of the things, we also talked about, you know, barriers to participating and benefits to participating, because that's another thing that's really interesting to work when you work with community members, like, why can't they do this? Or, you know, what can they gain from doing this? And most of the common things that we heard all throughout that the one of the barriers is money or language. Um, one of the participants were, we should try to make this program more multilingual, and we could expand that also when we do, like, the outreaches and social media, you know. And get more participants who do speak multiple languages to invite, because um, the Twin Cities is a diverse community. So mm-hmm. we should try to um, mimic that community as much as we can with the participants and help their health on. And in transportation, not everybody has the luck of, you know, especially if your parents are working full time and you're a kid and you don't know how to get there because your parents are working, stuff like that. But there was a lot of benefits to participating in this program, like the healthy lifestyle. Um, when I remember when in one of the students, one of them mentioned that they started out diabetic in this program, and by the end of the program, they weren't diabetic anymore. Oh. So that's a big change in itself. Like, your health is changing. Um, and I think they talked about is guidance. So being able to allow them to go to college and providing that. And one of the last other things is, like, a sense of pride. You know, you're working hard for this. You're, it's like, it's you. Like you said, we were talking about how Melvin said, like, the chatting is focusing more on you and focusing mm-hmm. and improving that. So that helps. And back to the college thing, one of the quotes says, it's the biggest thing is having a pathway to be successful. So these co- these students are, like, beginning, starting to go to college, perhaps their parents didn't, or something like that. First generation. Yeah, so they're the first generation and help later on for their next generation. So this is a really amazing thing that they're doing. And I was glad to be part of this project. How do you... Um 
how can we make um, more relations like this one where an academic institution and a nonprofit or grassroots organization that so, uh, provide services to the community work together? What, um, what can we do to I promote more of these relationships? One of the main things and something I've learned on is like the insider-outsider. You know, so if we do want to focus on diverse people, bring diverse people on the staff. You know, people are feel more comfortable with people who look like them. And also try to avoid, like, helicoptering, you know, just, like, getting all the information and then just leaving and not coming back. You know, like, becoming, like, it's a two-way street, not a one-way street. So working constantly with the community, checking in with them, making sure they're okay. It's not... We all have information that we have to share, you know, so we could come more out from the scientific side, but they also have, like, from their, the way that they're living their lives. That's an experience in itself. So we can learn from that. We can learn from both sides. Um, and, like, um, depending on what you want to do, I think, let's say, like, if you want to work the Latino community, make sure you make it multilingual that people could speak Latinos. Mm-hmm. If you're going to ask them surveys, make sure it's in Spanish, you know, just things mm-hmm. to make them comfortable. Be, like, aware of, like, the little tiny things like that. Or if you're working with people who are working full-time, that maybe they can't meet at 2 p.m. because they're working. Meet them outside their schedule. Make accommodations for people, things like that. And what about the local organization, like in this case, YFDS? Um, What do they benefit once they get all this data, all this information that that you got for them? So what we're doing for this is so we're going to finish analyzing the rest of this and we're actually going to give it back to the community itself. Oh, also the participants. So we're going to kind of have like um, what I call a community brief, you know, do like a little potluck thing, a little get together, picnic, give it Mm -hmm. back. Like, thank you for participating and doing this. And for this, we're hoping with the founders like Norman and Melvin are going to listen to this and make efforts to maybe like when talk about expanding the outreach, start focusing more on social media, you know, Mm -hmm. or may start thinking about doing surveys like that. So it helps them basically this helps the com- the program itself grow so they've already been here 20 years maybe they could be mo- more than 20 years after this with developing growth because you know we can't just stay stagnant mm-hmm. we got to continue growing so i think this is what the study is going to help them do like think about things from a different way that they thought that they had but you know it's a place to, it's a way to grow yeah and, and for those uh, we're going to be bring here the information of yfds uh for you guys to learn more about the great job they're, they're offering in Minneapolis, uh, specifically, I think, in North Minneapolis. Yeah. And um, just a little bit of Melvin. He's an ex-Minnesota um, golfer. Viking. And then Viking, yeah. I think. Yeah, he was a Minnesota Viking. Yeah, and then I think he went back to Pittsburgh and come back. Or mm-hmm. I don't remember where yeah. he finished his career. But he loved uh, Minnesota that he came back and, mm-hmm. and started this organization, uh, mm-hmm. these um, services, like you said, in the past, mm-hmm. since from the last 20 years. Yeah, I they think. just celebrated 20 years this year. Yep. Yeah, and they were one of the recipients during the Super Bowl here in Minnesota, mm-hmm. they did a, a celebration with the, uh, the foundation, give something back to, to the group. And 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 they the approach they have uh, for the whole family, mm-hmm. for the to, whole family. The, to, I don't want to say to get in shape, but just to learn about mm-hmm. um, what, a well, what is a wellness, mm-hmm. what wellness means or yeah. um, it's, it's, it's amazing and and 
I'm glad that you were uh, fortunate to go and 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 be with their clients. No, yeah, it was exciting to be part of the community. Yeah. So, and you're doing your PhD. Yes. So, for somebody who's listening to this and and they want to pursue their uh, their career or studies. Tell us what is the track to get into a PhD. So, so let's say like when I first so I'm a first generation college student and I'm also first generation in America. Um, it was a little struggle to know where I mm -hmm. wanted to go. Um, so I did get my bachelor's, and I was initially pre med. But then I found out I liked research and asking questions. Mm -hmm. But then I realized too late that I didn't have the experience necessary to you know pursue a PhD. So I did my master's to overcome those deficiencies and now I gain these skills to start the PhD. Mm -hmm. So um, I recommend, I mean, if you're interested in doing research, I recommend um, doing PhDs in science. It's also a good financial option because you don't have to take out loans. Um, getting a PhD in any of the sciences allows you an opportunity to pursue an education while the school pays you. So that means you don't have to worry about getting another job and like um, it's not helping when you're doing your school, you know, because you're working and then you're tired. Mm -hmm. And then this gives you an uh, opportunity to just focus on your studies. Um, so one of the things they could do is um, look at these programs. Um, not all PhD programs are the same. Um, so I applied to a few depending on what I was interested in doing. And one of the things I learned is that just because you study it for your PhD doesn't necessarily mean that that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life. You could do something else afterwards. But a PhD is to gain the skills necessary to become a better researcher. They learn things from your peers, from your colleagues, to ask questions that you want to ask and how to ask those questions and how to pursue those questions, which is a good way of doing it. And it um, allows you to develop projects that you're focusing on, allows you to possibly write papers out of it, gain experience in presenting at conferences, networking with other people and stuff like that. Um, but I... So you just... So it's like a PhD, PhD programs, you Google it, honestly, <laughs> depending on this, because that's what I did, depending on the information I yep. wanted to do. Like, I wanted to do clinical and translational science. So I Googled clinical and translational science PhD programs, and Mayo Clinic popped and up. meaning translational science, meaning things that we learn or discover, bring it to the... Yes. To the clients or yeah, patients bring it to the people bring the science to the public yeah and that's one of the things I really wanted to I want to continue working with people because my master's was um, it was a little more in the basic science which means working at a wet lab you know running a bunch of experiments and but I wanted the connection of seeing that work being done and applying it to the population as a whole or whatever mm -hmm. and Mayo Clinic is stuff that does works for the patients and the patients are the, need, the needs of the patients come first here And it's something that was very important to me, which is why I came here. But I know there was a bunch of other programs. And um, when I was in my master's, we had a, a big group of us applying to PhD programs. And the good thing now is for PhD programs, they're getting rid of the GRE, which is uh, standardized testing like the SATs. Mm -hmm. um, so it helps you. Um, so you don't have to worry about that. So what you do is you write your statement of purposes about who you are, what you are, your research experience, and your transcripts for the most part. And then they invite you to come to interviews, and you interview with a bunch of faculty that you might be interested in working, see the program, and then you could decide if you want to be here or not. So you said interview, kind of yeah. like a, Okay. So, uh, it was like two days of interviews, and I think I met with seven faculty interviews. Nice. Yeah. So going back into, you mentioned the first generation mm -hmm. born and first generation going to 
in college and, mm-hmm. and pursued your studies. How was when you graduated high school and you said to your parents, I want to go to, go to the university? Um, I was blessed. You knew you wanted Yeah, I was blessed in the fact that when my parents came here, they came here for a better life for their children. Mm-hmm. So what they instilled with me when I was growing up is that education comes first. So I was already knowing that I was going to go to college, and it so happens that I did love biology. So it was, for me, it was a no-brainer to, you know, I was going to go to med school. So I knew from there that once I applied, I graduated college, I did apply to San Francisco State University, and I was going to pursue a degree in biology. Um, it's something, yeah, that instilled in me, and then my younger brother, it's the same. He just graduated high school, and now he's at the university. It's just something that my parents taught me while growing up, and I know that's a blessing that not many other first-generation students have, that my parents focus everything on me getting an education. And then you finish college, and yeah. then how you tell them? <laughs> Keep going. I was like, yeah, because I'm like, it was, oh, my gosh. Um, I was lucky enough that I still stayed in biology because <laughs> it was, like, my last semester of undergrad that I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go to med school. I'm going to try to do science and become a scientist. And they were like, wait. You told us med school. And I was like, yeah, but I changed. <laughs> I still be a doctor. Different I know. <laughs> and then I actually took a gap year because I realized that I didn't have all the necessary things I need for a master's program. And I was lucky that San Francisco State also had a master's program. It's a research university. So once I applied, um, I got in. I met in a wonderful lab that's actually called the Health Equity Research Lab. So it's kind of also focusing on decreasing health disparities. Um And then I was like, okay, it's time to do a PhD, and now here I am. And then, yeah, now they're like, you've been in school for a really long time. And I'm like, I'm going to be here for a little longer, actually. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's great. What about, um, so going back now to your hometown, Mm -hmm. what is the thing that you discover here in, in Minnesota on food? Related to food that you like. <laughs> you would ask food. Yeah. Uh, so San Francisco has a lot of amazing food. Yeah. The Bay Area as a whole has a lot of yeah. food. But no, but I mean, first yeah. give me the options here Sorry, um, from Minnesota. Something that you discover, then now you're like, oh my gosh, this is good. Cheese curds. Oh, really? They're- I really like cheese curds here. Yeah. I think it's because we're so close to Wisconsin that cheesers are it's really everywhere. good. Yeah. Oh, you like those? Yeah, okay. I do. And what about things that you that you miss from from the Bay Area? <sighs> Pupusas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You went to Castro Street. I would, uh, I tried them down in Castro Street. No, I tried them. There's a few places. There's somewhere around San Francisco. There was one called Reinas. Um, there's also places like because we actually do live like in South San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So there would be like El Santa Neco. So a bunch of different places. Um, and you can't find those here, pupusas. So apparently there's none in Rochester. Okay. Which is a downside. Um, I think there's a place in... What's in the that? Twin Cities? In the Twin Mercados Cities, but there's also... Atwana? What was the name of that town? Owatana. Owatana, yeah. So apparently there's a place there okay. that I really want to try. All right. Yeah. Yeah, there's one in, in Mercado Central. Okay. And uh, they have pupusas there. Uh, I, and there's one lady who sells here in, in Rochester, <gasps> but uh, I, I'm not sure with you. Yeah, you your, got it. Her contact. <laughs> but uh, uh, 
I don't know. I want to hear your, oh. your... Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, try, I try hers and, uh, and compare it to the one in, in yeah. San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, I was, I don't want to say disappointed, but it's, it's, they're different, not to, yeah. to that I mean, the level, good thing is, my grandma taught me how to make some of those. So yeah. I guess worse comes to worse, I make them. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, no, I, I, I guess um, once you travel, once you visit other mm-hmm. towns, you start realizing, like, oh, I miss this dish. Yeah. Or, or when you're going back where, where you go, whatever yeah. place you go home. You know, there is always one spot that you are always thinking, yes. like, oh, first thing, chance I get, I'm going to go to this, this yeah. place. And I was already thinking about that, too. I think when, for some reason, when I first came here, I was, like, obsessed with the Poke Bowl. Because okay. they have those in San Francisco, you know, make your own. And then they didn't have any here. But they just opened a place, which I was really happy about. Okay. Which I think is called Young Poke. And I was so happy about that. Where is that at? <laughs> it's at the corner of uh, Keeler Hotel. Okay. Yeah, so right next to it Yeah, so it's also next to the Caribou. I think between the Caribou and the hotel, it, it's right there. Gotcha. So nice fresh fish. Really enjoyed it. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, but usually let us know when you go back to San Francisco and, and place an order of pupusas for you to yeah, bring back. Definitely. I actually, I think the last time I went, I bought some, and now I ha- actually I have them in my freezer. <laughs> Nice. Okay. Good trip. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? The what would it be the stay uh, the next steps for somebody? You're gonna bring back, uh, disseminate the information mm-hmm. that you learn. Uh, in this case, with the partner mm-hmm. and the partner's clients. Mm-hmm. What? Hopefully, they implement those suggestions. Yeah. Changes. Mm-hmm. And what about for your? Um, engagement with this organization what is the next step i would love to continue working with them i would like to um make this i guess a longitudinal study you know follow up with them to see what they're doing especially if they're going to be implementing surveys we're the ones that could be analyzing that you know follow through with that becoming them um i think they're already on talks of possibly doing stuff already next year um some programs in itself within their members so i would love to continue being involved and seeing how they implement these Maybe if they want suggestions or stuff like that, um, but I would love to continue just focusing on the common things that we found. When when you were uh, when you guys were conducting these uh, studios, community engagement studios, does the people realize that is also research? So we try to make it really relaxed. So they do know that we're from Mayo Clinic, but we don't. They don't know what we do. Okay. So because we want to keep the community members, we don't want to show them like have them be intimidated by what we yeah. do. Um, but we do. You just explain them there is. Yeah. Uh, I think what we, is the process? We kind of make it more like informational groups, I guess, because it's um. So it's Norman and Melvin that are the ones recruiting. Mm. So I don't. They don't really tell them like, oh, this is for science, you know. It just mm-hmm. tells them, um, let's, we just, just want to ask you questions of feedback. feedback about the program itself. Okay. And we just look, use... Um, and then go and get invited again to mm-hmm. learn about the results. Yeah, and then just basically what we do is obviously the more in-depth analysis of the results, like, you know, the responses that they give us. Mm-hmm. Well, this is great. Anything else that you would like to add? Um, if Shout you- out. Yeah. <laughs> If you're in the Twin Cities, do check them out. Especially yeah, we're we'll going to place in here the link to their program. 
Uh, shout out to Mayo Clinic as a whole for accepting me, honestly. Oh, good, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah, because this is the first time. It's actually really exciting being part of this. Um, and stay tuned. Follow so what will be another project since uh, that you need to also... This was, you mentioned to me before we started the this episode, that you need to focus on three projects, correct? Yes. So this one is epidemiology? Yes. Right? Um, what are the other ones that you need to... So I actually, so we have three inter rotations. So this was my first rotation. The second one is I'm actually meeting up with an OBGYN to help her. OBGYN. Can yeah. you explain that to the people so if they're not familiar? Yeah, so obstetrician, gynecologist. Okay. So she focuses on women's health. And we might actually be focusing on uterine fibroids. I'm not actually sure of the details that we're okay. working on the project that I'm meeting her this week. So I will be focusing mostly on women's health for my second rotation. My third rotation, I actually have it set up in Florida mm -hmm. because Mayo Clinic has multiple sites. And yep. I found a, a researcher that I was really interested in working with. Um, her name is Dr. Delisa Fairweather. She focuses on sex differences and how mm -hmm. it affects um, myocarditis. So that's basically the inflammation of the heart. Mm -hmm. So we'll be focusing on that. She is doing a lot of interesting work. She talked at the... Her and her um, postdoc were talking at the Women's Health Symposium, I think they had this Friday. So that's another thing more like focusing, but it's more on what we call the basic science side. So it's more um, wet lab work. Okay. Well, the second one might be more clinical, working with the OBGYN. Yeah. Minerva, one question. Do you use social media platforms? I do. I what have, platforms do you use the most? Uh, or where can people follow you if you... So, I'm willing to share your... <laughs> no, yeah. Um, so I actually... Because that's why I find out about your you project. <laughs> um, so I actually have my own science Instagram, so where I focus my actual okay. project. So it's not my project, but my progress or the PhD program oh, here at Mayo Clinic. Um, and it's like um, mini scientist, so M-I-N-N-I-E, and mm -hmm. then scientist. And then the same thing for my Twitter. I have my own science Twitter. Okay. So, which is where you found me, mm -hmm. and where I talk about my experiences also in Mayo Clinic, follow a bunch of other researchers. Right. Yeah. So, well, thank you for sharing your yeah. platforms. And uh, I also want to invite everybody who's listening to share this episode. Where We're going to be sharing this episode on our Facebook page, Community Board, on Facebook. On Twitter, you can find us on their Community Board. Also on iTunes, on their Community Board Podcast, on SoundCloud, also on their Community Board Podcast. And we're going to be sharing uh, Minerva's uh, contact and also the information from YFDS. And uh, if you have something that you would like to share with the community, please get in contact with us and uh, we'll make it happen. Minerva, let's go get some of those pupusas. Well, let's go. All right. <laughs> Stay tuned for another episode. Bye-bye. Well, last time I talked to the people from downtown. What was the last movie you went to? Miguel, what's new, Miguel, what's new in the community? Have you gotten any feedback about the Twitter feed? First of all, for the people who contact us on Twitter. About a certain research. Can you tell me more? Well, depends who you talk. If you talk to the people from the board. Why did the yogurt go to the art museum? Did you see in the news? To get more culture. <laughs>